Hey, I'm Tracy Burns. Welcome to Five Things. I'm a financial advisor with UBS, and I want to give you five things that are really important right now to you and your business, and then let you move on because we all have a lot going on, um, and uh, and you need to be able to focus. My mission has always been to help women through divorce transition empower them. And I have a super soft spot for female founders, entrepreneurs, small businesses. And of course, looking to close the wage gap. I have two teenage girls, so I have a personal interest there. So by way of background, we are still in the midst of the Corona, dare I say mess. Um, so listen to our previous podcasts, five things that your team should be thinking about right now, the people you should be surrounding yourself now and things you could do to set yourself up for when we get out of this, because we will. And we, we have to, quite frankly. And so many businesses now are looking for money, have gotten money, um, but still need more help, which is why I'm so honored to have Barry Sloan here with us today, President, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of New Tech Business Services. Basically, business solutions for everyone. Barry, thank you for taking the time. Crazy glad to be here and appreciate the opportunity. It's great. And and now more than ever, people need to hear your voice. So if you could give us like the two minute elevator pitch on what New Tech does and more importantly, your fabulous relationship with UBS. Sure. Uh, to Tracy, New Tech Business Services Corp is a publicly traded business development corporation, BDC. Uh, BDCs are technically uh, mutual funds and they have been set up by the Security Exchange Commission and the government to effectively provide financing and mentoring to the small to medium-sized business community in the United States. So New Tech is all about providing business solutions and financial solutions to the small to medium-sized business customer. Um, we've had a relationship with UBS for over 10 years, and uh, currently on the platform, we provide financing uh, to UBS customers through the commercial banker, channel and the FA channel. Uh, and we also provide insurance services, um, property casualty, uh, health insurance, both personal and commercial. So we work for the UBS FAs and commercial bankers to help their clients navigate the tough waters. And there's lots of them. And, and, but, but what I, what I love most about the focus of your company is that it focuses on the small and medium-sized businesses, and that is the engine of this economy. It always has been. We've been hearing a lot of terrible things about you know large companies taking money from the CARES Act, the Payroll Protection Program. Um, could you give us your sense of what you see out there? Is the money going to the people it's supposed to? Yeah, so... Um... Tracy, it's a, it's a great question, and um, I'm going to revert back to Ben Bernanke, who was a former Fed governor, and when he got nominated to that position, he said, if I ever have a financial crisis, I'm going to drop money out of a helicopter, and people thought he was crazy. Well, <laughs> well, and here we are. <laughs> here we are. And the uh, Senate, the House, and the President realized that they basically needed to drop money out of a helicopter to bridge consumers individuals, employees, and businesses through this quarantine period. So recently, uh, through the CARES Act, the government created a $660 billion program called uh, the Payroll Protection Program, using the SBA infrastructure with 4,000 financial institutions, and the money is getting out. This all fell on the shoulders of our community banks that for 
for many of them, you know, they didn't do a whole heck of a lot major like this, right? They opened checking accounts and savings accounts for local residents and stuff. But now all of a sudden they're, you know, they're, they're told that they have to accept all this documentation and figure out who's going to get these loans. And oh, by the way, you got to do it in like four days, because if you don't, small businesses are going under. Like it, it just came, it just came out crazy and, and unacceptable. unreasonable, I think. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, messaging is important. And the the messaging that came out of Washington was tilted towards politics and not towards practicality. Um, So practically speaking, um, the financial services industry, banks, credit unions, non-bank lenders like ourselves have, uh, are in the process of catching up. We, We actually think we've done a pretty good job because we funded the first uh, tranche of dollars within about a week. And that's because we... Oh, that's amazing. Well, we, we believe we did it right. In other words, we didn't block off a number from a business until we had a full file of six or seven documents in our secure portal. So I will tell you, we've got a sizable amount of loans that have got to be papered in the second half, and they're a lot smaller. So we have a lot of work to do, but it's automated. Businesses will get their money. Frankly, some of the businesses in the program, they prefer to get the money a couple of weeks down the road when their states are opening up. Because in New York, you can't open up. So they would rather have the money down the road. So we're trying to work with businesses, understanding what their needs are. All right. So let's get into your um, your five things. And the first one, of course, is working remotely and using technology, which I know that you part of your business actually helps businesses do this. Yeah, so I think that we, New Tech, all of a sudden, uh, you know, as the coronavirus was beginning to percolate toward the end of February, beginning of March, I had conversations with some of my executives. What are we doing here? And I said, we've got to be prepared. And people said, there's no way New York is going to close. Well, what happened? New York closed. So we, and this was early in March, you couldn't buy a new laptop inside. So we wound up getting almost new refurbished laptops. So uh, we're totally remote. Businesses realized, and obviously, you know, restaurant can't be remote. Restaurants got to do curbside pickup, e-commerce, things of that nature. But what what we do is, whether it's a law firm, accounting firm, uh, medical, um, whatever the business is, because we have all sick codes, we empower businesses to be able to work remotely, have data in the cloud, um, cloud-based telephony, do whatever is required in what will wind up being uh, sort of a new economy and a new form of doing business. Um, you know, restaurants are not going to be as big as they used to be. Um, you know, movie theaters, I don't know, that's a tough one. Uh, cruise ships, etc. So what we do is we provide those solutions. We give people the hardware, the software, and we can manage their technology for them 24-7, which is far um, more efficient and cost efficient for them to have their own internal IT person. And so many people don't just don't know. Like they don't they don't have it in them, especially older, you know, the older generation, the mom and pops out there. Um, your next point is to create e-commerce and websites. And so, you know, as you get into your second point, do you believe that this is this is the new norm for us that, you know, that we'll all be kind of working from home and remotely and, and shopping this way? I think that the 
know, the office market in particular is going to be very challenged. Um, obviously, retail strip malls also very challenged. Big shopping malls will always be viewed as uh, entertainment centers, and they're going to, you know, they, they've morphed in that direction, and they'll continue to be. But you know, in dollars per square foot in retail sales, you don't need it. So, um, you know, as we think about our uh, workforce going forward, we will definitely have a smaller footprint. I was, I was, and have been extremely impressed with the amount of work that my staff is able to do remotely. That one to two hour commute a day for the average person in the suburbs, uh, that's going to be converted into something else. So I, I, I think that um, tremendous shift in the, in the economy, which is why the NASDAQ's only down three or 4% from its high because those technology companies are, are, are affected less than other companies. You know, you and I offline were talking about how times like this either frighten people to death or creates opportunity for those that see it. And for those that know how to create websites and know how to, you know, teach e-commerce and things like that, there's there's a whole budding entrepreneurial, you know, world out there for them. This is and this is what you guys are doing. Yeah, look, we, you know, obviously pay attention to the trends and you know, um, what's needed in the marketplace. And we could fit uh, technologies around that. We don't create the technologies. We help businesses manage them. So we help them manage their hardware, manage their software, particularly for a a business with 10 to 100 employees. They can't afford a CTO or a CIO. And if they can afford one, it's typically not as high quality as they need. So that's why they're going to rely upon entities like us. Look, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft Azure are great, great solutions, but they're really built for the Fortune 1000. They're not built for 10 to 20 to 50 people companies, and that's how we see ourselves positioning ourselves in the future. This notion of appropriate insurance and um and things like that, because I don't think people think about that. Are there insurance issues now that you know, that I'm, a, I'm working from home. Is that what you're referring to? Well, there's a lot of, uh, and I'll use the word opportunities. First of all, uh, in the personal auto insurance sector, everybody can be calling up their carrier and getting a month or two's rebate on their premium. Um, not that many people know that. And if their broker isn't calling them to do that, they should probably consider another broker. Because right now, money's tight. and That's kind of an easy one. In addition to that, everybody should have a cyber policy because cyber crimes keep going up. Um, and many business owners thought they had business interruption, and they didn't. It didn't mean they didn't. That didn't doesn't mean they didn't necessarily pay for it, but they didn't understand what business interruption is or truly how to protect themselves. So this is a good time as people are working from home. They have a little bit more time on their hands. They should look at consider. You know, changing some of their vendors because they have time to do it. And in a busy time when they're focusing on their clients, they're focused more on the revenue side. This is a good opportunity to focus on the expense side. We're looking at your policies, rebidding them out and those services. It's a good time for cost cutting. Yeah, you make a great point about the business interruption because so many people thought that that would cover something and turns out it didn't cover it at all, which was you know, a total wake up call for so many. So I guess along the same lines of, 
making sure you have the appropriate insurances, reevaluate your health benefits as well. Like maybe you're, maybe you could do better. There's got to be people out there now who were vying for business, right? So <laughs> I got to believe you can go bargain shopping with these things. Well, you know, what's interesting, I was thinking about that the other day, you know, the amount of elective uh, medical procedures that went down significantly. I got to believe that the health insurance carriers, you know, have actually done pretty well here. I mean, I realize you've got COVID on one side, but on the other side, you know, hospitals are really not, you know, they're not running at capacity and there's a lot less medical work that's being done, a lot less procedural work being done. So there could be a lot of opportunities to rebidding, looking at those policies and seeing how you could do better. And finally, um, your question, your your fifth point was liquidity. And this, I think, will forever be a small business, a female founded business, especially. This will be always top of mind. Do I have enough liquidity to grow my business? Yeah, this is the biggest issue, whether it's Fortune 1000 Right. Or a small to medium-sized business. If you're managing your household or your business and you cannot survive a three to six month, and I'll call it bump in the road, you're you're running it too close. And the businesses that stand the test of time are ones that are always they don't grow too much financially with financial leverage or operational leverage. Uh, you always have got to expect the unexpected, and it happens every single time. And the businesses that don't push themselves to the brink are the ones that survive all these bad downturns. And there's always a bad downturn. It's funny. And it's it, you could apply the same to home too, right? I mean, this is this is like what I do, right? Making sure that people have that, you know, three to six month cushion, God forbid something happens, you get sick, you lose your job. I mean, the same thing can apply. What advice, though, do you have? You know, anecdotally, we see that women business owners in particular are kind of averse to taking on debt or they, or or taking on investors, I should say, and they'd so much rather just hit their credit card up and kind of keep it close to the vest at home. What do you say to them? Um, I think right now the best thing that you could do is look at your expense line. Um, the one thing that's great about cutting expenses it drops right to the bottom line. So a dollar of sales, you're only dropping 20 cents, maybe 25 cents, maybe 30, depending upon your margins. You cut on a dollar of expense, it goes right to the bottom line. So I would say that's that's number one. Number two, you've got to have um, an internet presence because that's how people get to get to you today and know you today. I think about all the restaurants that didn't have an e-commerce solution to be able to order online and curbside pickup. They got they got blown away. They're shut. They're, and they probably don't ever come back because they don't want to spend a thousand or two thousand dollars on a website and an ordering capability. Just totally ridiculous. So I would think that um, for you know women-owned businesses, which would be the same thing for men, really pull that pencil out. Look at every single expense line. Make sure that you've got an, uh, an internet presence so people can find you. Those are the two real easy ones. Um, and I think that that'll, that'll be helpful in the near term, uh, in, in, particularly when all the states start opening up. I think that's going to happen sooner than later. I think even the stubborn states, like New York, for example, they're going to have to open up. And they're going to have to accept the fact that 
this is a virus. There's a death uh, um, amount associated with it. People are going to get sick, but we're going to have to accept that as part of the new norm. It's sad because we're at a point where we're talking, you know, someone had said to me, it's lives versus livelihood because we, uh, the economy going into a depression could be more fatal than the virus itself, as cold and crass as that sounds. Um, so, so your point about preparing, preparing for this, because even when the economy does come back and even if New York City does open the doors to the island again of Manhattan, there are going to be loads of people who still are afraid to leave their homes. So to have that e-commerce present, like you said, to have a website, make it easily accessible for me. How do you react then to the cybersecurity issue? Because sadly, you know, as much as there's always entrepreneurs finding really good, there's always really terrible people finding opportunity as well. So how do you protect against that before I let you go? Yeah, well, I think importantly, uh, security solutions are abundant. They're not that expensive. And it's the simple, basic things that somebody does that protects them. Don't give out your username and password. Keep something more complicated um, using two-factor authentication, which means that you basically log on, a pin goes to your phone, put the pin in, whatever the solution is. Security is really not that expensive today. And cyber policies, even for a small business owner, are not expensive. It could be $1,000 a year. So not that hard to protect yourself uh, using the internet and working remotely. Yeah, so include that in your... Uh... And Barry's tip number three of insurance options, look for cybersecurity um, protection as well. Barry, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. These tips were amazing. And you heard him, everyone. <laughs> he still has money to give out. New Tech is still giving out money. Go get it because, I mean, I'm, Barry, I'm sure you'll agree that small businesses are the engine of this economy and we need and while I guess you're right, is sadly that these re- some of these restaurants aren't going to come back, so many others will be created, hopefully, in, in, in their place. This is always um, an opportunity for someone to think out of the box and really hit it out of the park. No question. We'll get beyond this and be better. It may take a while, but there's no question we'll get beyond this and be better. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay. Thank you, Tracy. presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. In providing wealth management services to clients, we offer both investment advisory and brokerage services, which are separate and distinct and differ in material ways. For information, including the different laws and contracts that govern, visit UBS.com forward slash working with us. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, SIPC.